we are here again on the this day that we record this podcast, <laughs> which this is a podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, I am JJ, and this is We Were Gamers. I'm here with Michael. Hey, everyone. And Andy. Hey, hey. How's it going? And uh, I'm leading the show today for, I don't know, reasons. Uh, and you know what? I think it's uh, it's a good change of pace. It's nice to be in control a Uh-oh. little bit. Is this it's how you feel every time, Andrew? <laughs> I don't know. Describe to me how you feel. <laughs> like, really, like I'm just... I can take this podcast wherever we want. I could just point the train straight off the tracks to start off with. Is your finger hovering over the button? <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, because then we end up on all sorts of tangents. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we were going to end up on the tangents no matter what. That's just a question of how quickly we yeah. get there, right? Yeah. No, I had a long drive in from Las Vegas today, so... I'm not my perkiest self. It's yeah, it's fun to lead the pod first of all. And yeah, after, you know, 5 hours in the rain in the car, sometimes you're a little bit worn out. I was just going to say it's a brutal day to be driving. I don't know what the weather is like when this goes out, but the day we're recording this has been off and on rain where I am all day. Well, and like hard rain. Yeah. Uh all weekend up here. I want to give a shout out to my brother-in-law who drove in the rain. It's just uh tiring to sit in in traffic for five and a half hours, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Double yeah. plus on that. Uh, yeah. Vegas was fun, though, I have to admit. Uh, I went out there for the Super Bowl. Superb Owl, I guess we're supposed to say. Although that's probably also trademarked. Yeah. Look, no one's suing this podcast, probably. <laughs> in order for them to sue us, we'd have to make money. So, you know, hey. True. Take sponsors. everything that I've what's made us? from this podcast. What's, what's 50% of zero? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you all watch the game? I assume we were texting about it quite a bit, so I assume everyone was watching the game. Yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, I was extremely underwhelmed and mostly bored by the actual sports that were played. Hmm. Uh, I I just didn't have a good time. Yeah, with the the exception of guys named Edelman, uh, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot... uh, exciting going on on the field peds are a hell of a drug right <laughs> um no i that takes away something from a champion whatever they won the lowest ratings in 10 years because people were bored but um i think that the game did not get boring for me until maybe midway through the third quarter i did have that moment where uh i had used the f- the availability of Vegas to say that I thought the Rams could surprise the Patriots with a sum of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they showed Jared Goff coming out of the tumble, tunnel, and I said, I'd thrown my money away. <laughs> yep. He looked very Oops. nervous. It was very obvious from the beginning that he was rattled before he even took the field. And there, it seemed like their whole, the Patriots' whole game plan defensively was to keep him feeling that way. Yep. And, um, and it and despite all that, though, the game was three to three for a very long time. So defensive football, if you like watching it, was the game you got. And uh, I don't okay, think that's so, always boring. All right. I, I agree with that statement. This was not fun defensive football. This was boring defensive football. Hmm. And 
the distinction is that it's not like there were a lot of like exciting defensive plays. I mean, there was there were a few, right? There was the interception right off to open the game. There were uh, later interceptions, some like really good sacks and stuff. But most of it was focused in one direction. <laughs> and it made it so that while one team seemed to slowly be in control of the game, the other team never had a chance. And it was just kind of like, they do four plays, they punt, the game goes back, the other team, eh, maybe there's some offense there, but no, we're in control here, but we're not going to. And then they just kind of, you know, oh, eventually, all right, I guess we need to score now. Here's a touchdown. All right, we're done. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of half laughing about if the Rams had won, you have to have made the kicker the MVP, right? Absolutely. Seriously. Hecker. Uh, Hecker, yeah. 100%. Not not Zerline, but Hecker, yeah. No, Hecker. Yeah. It wasn't great. Uh, there were some pretty decent ads, though. We got some looks at some stuff coming out, some uh, fun you know, pop culture stuff. I think my favorite, if I had to pick, is maybe the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone tease. Oh, that was that looks great. I was already excited for that, knowing that he was rebooting that. But just to see the tease made me even more excited. And there's apparently a longer version of it. Oh, I didn't know that. I have not gone and looked it up, but there is a, a longer version of the spot that they did. I thought that I had um, I misconstrued that and thought it was a joke for a while uh, as he did that. And I I knew that he was doing the thing. But I, the way that they framed it and the way he looked walking through the empty stadium, I thought it was going to be a joke about the Twilight Zone and not a teaser for the actual Twilight Zone he was doing. I think I just thought he was a writer. I didn't know he was the guy, he was going to be Rod Sterling, essentially, on that show. I'm excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a comment about the commercials. Did anyone notice how many different commercials for different companies had the same exact looking robots in them? Hmm. Miller Lite, H&R Block, Peloton, all those guys had the same human face robot with metal body. Huh. Somebody went I to didn't. the same ad company. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a case of like, we have this license-free quote-unquote robot. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird thing that I noticed about halfway through. Uh, and if we're picking a favorite commercial, it's probably the NFL 100 party. Yes. Oh, that was a great commercial. Very good. Very Most, good. Mostly because it all starts with beast mode assaulting a cake. And that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts back to him later and he's just like still eating. Still well, eating. Even, even before he reached for the cake, the fact that he's the only one sitting there in sweats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> everyone has black tie and he's just like fantastic sweats yeah <laughs> what a guy what a guy. uh i think i think i'll i'll finish it out i think my favorite besides like the two you named were definitely probably two of my top three but i think my favorite was the game of thrones fake bud light ad yes also a great one so so that was so close that it had to be bud participating right yeah, because it's yeah. it's their entire their entire cast okay. of their commercials, right? Yeah, yeah I couldn't, like, they're not going to let them just recast the same people to do the same bit with I, their logo, right? I didn't catch the exact start of it. I picked it up as the mountain came on, and I thought, wait a minute, were all those the actual people? Or yeah, the yeah. king was there, the queen, the dilly dilly guy. They're all okay. like in okay. the ad up before that, po that right. point. And, 
and you know the knight looks the same as the knight and it sure. has bud light written right across it he's handing out beers to the other people like yeah it, it was it was some co-marketing going on there for sure yeah i think and i think to, what made it funnier to me is that i had actually that the very first bud light was the first one that they did about the corn syrup yeah and at first i had the thought about that one did someone else steal the bud light cast and they're going to make fun of them for using corn syrup on their beer before the commercial unfolded. So to then see an ad where someone had taken the entire cast and flipped the Bud Light commercial on its head was, was particularly satisfying. Genius. Yep. Very, very, very good. Well, uh, we have been moving, uh, and doing some other stuff this weekend. I know, uh, I had a little bit of a pre Super Bowl event that, my wife and I went to, uh, we went to the Carl Strauss changing of the barrels this weekend. Whoa. Uh, oh yeah. Is their yearly, uh, anniversary celebration. Uh, and this year they had a 30th, uh, anniversary barrel aged in rye whiskey barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a stout. Yum. Ooh. Yeah. It was very good. Um, and my wife uh, gets the uh, wife of the year award <laughs> I would say, for uh, helping me mm, get home secure, let's say uh, additional bottles beyond what we were intended to receive. I see. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, they do one of those things where, you know, you get a, a free glass and a, a coupon for a bottle when you leave with every entry. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. when we handed ours in, I was getting the glasses we were taking home cleaned at the bar. And she went and handed in both of our tickets and was waiting for me at the door. I met her up and we walked out and she's like shoving me out the door as hard as she can. And I'm like, what is your problem? Let's go. We're going. It's fine. I know it's raining. I'm sorry. <laughs> and like, I didn't get why she was so mad or like forcing me. And she's like, no, okay, wait. So we w- walked out and went around the corner and then she handed me the tickets that they didn't take from her. And she's like, they weren't looking at you. Go back and get two more. <laughs> oh, uh, oh so boy. we did, and I'm very excited to drink those beers. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, Michael, I don't know if you saw Bottle Logic's announcement for their anniversary party has also come through. I did not. I was actually just looking at the end of last week, so I'm excited that they've, uh, they've posted some dates, huh? Their new theme for the following year, this current year, is uh, exploration, so next year we'll all be D&D themed. Oh, very. Oh, cool. yeah. okay. Very nice. Yeah, they've they've had some really good themes in the in the past years. Well, it's been uh, video games, exploration, space, space, and uh, I think that they're going to have a beer that's going to be called Eye of the Beholder because obviously you would call it that. I'm, they may have already made a Beholder beer. That wouldn't surprise. I, me. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was one of the ones they make in cans, but. Yeah, so there's dates out there for that if people listening to us live in the Anaheim area, because unfortunately, it kind of only benefits you if you're local now. Do we want to round out beer news, Michael? Yeah, sure. So I uh, we had <laughs> a, a, a bit of a... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had a uh, a bit of a post-Super Bowl uh, happening. We just got back from Tarot tonight, Brewery Tarot. Um, my wife, um, also nominated for a wife of the year award last year, got me a, um, reserve society membership for this year as a gift. 
And as part of being a member, they do first Mondays where they shut down one of their tasting rooms, the tasting room at their satellite facility, Tarot, um, to members and their guests only. Um, so a member and a guest. And they expand the number of society exclusive beers that they have on tap. And usually there is uh, some sort of event going on as well at the same time. Very cool. What was the event? Yeah. Uh, this month they had a panel, uh, just kind of telling stories about, uh, some of the beers that they were, uh, they had been making so far this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Always Q&A. Get a little, uh, yeah, I think they took questions at the end. I like that inside baseball stuff. All yeah, right. So it's really cool. It'll be, it'll be really nice when the, the weather turns nice and they can actually use the patio again. It's, you know, it's a little crowded at the moment, especially with the, the rain coming down. Yeah, the rain hampered this event uh, that I was at this weekend as well. They sent out an email like two days before, like, we're still planning to have it. We're going to move everything inside. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Those can be cool, though, when you're inside and and you're up against tanks and things like that. That can be fun. Yeah, I actually thought it was really cool because like you walk around the bottling facility a little bit and the tanks kind of take up. Well, they make like a hallway. It was pretty fun. All right, well, uh, we've been doing some like quick news segments here in the past recently, so I think we'll keep that tradition alive this week. Uh, and let's go with Andy first. What kind of news you bring? I wanted to focus on the Switch because I saw two stories, both of which the whole point of the segment was to get your opinions, so I don't know why I was about to say I want to get your opinions. <laughs> we like giving them. <laughs> The first one I saw this past week, I think it came out Monday or so, was that one of the big places that's pretty accurate about rumors, I think it might have been Forbes, who usually doesn't publish stuff until they know they know they know, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) said that this coming year, the Switch refresh is not going to be crazy new hardware or anything else like that, but instead they're actually going to bring out a second model and it'll be smaller. Okay. I have questions. I have lots of questions too. <laughs> yeah. Uh as a person who has used a Switch, isn't it already pretty small? <laughs> uh, it they make the Joy-Cons smaller than they are. Won't no one be able to hold them? They will literally disappear into your palm. I would guess they only mean screen size when they say this. So then are they changing the aspect ratio of the screen to make that work? That's awkward. That would be terrible and awkward and also would you still use it for a stand? Like, people put them on stands. I don't know how much smaller it can get while you use it on a stand. Uh, you just need the one port at the bottom to make the stand work. But, like, I, I see your point, though. It's The stand currently fits very nicely over the screen. What makes it, mm-hmm. what makes it better than a 3DS at that point? Like, much smaller and you're almost in 3DS XL range. Yeah, I mean, if they make one that's half the size, your 3DS is bigger. I find the Switch's size mostly comfortable. The Joy-Cons are too small. Yes, they are. So in my ideal world, this is the Switch, and this year or next year, the refresh is a Switch XL. With Yeah, that's that's the direction I would have... If you'd asked me if they were going to come out with a second one, I would have guessed that they'd have gone a little bit bigger. 
and it doesn't even need to be a lot bigger, honestly. Like if you just took the current one and, you know, like dragged the corner out to like, you know, maybe 1.1 or 1.2 times the size, that would be all right, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't think it needs to be crazy big. Um the Forbes report cited that they thought that they hadn't tapped their market, their children market, and that's why they wanted to make a smaller one, but I have to say I know quite a few parents that have bought them for their kids with small hands. Um I don't think that that's really a marker that's holding people back from the device. I, heard, I had heard at some point that uh maybe it was this article, I don't know, that they Nintendo had moved their target from one switch per household to one switch per user, which is a very different target. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. That's weird because the whole idea was like it was advertised as set it down on the table and get more Joy-Cons. Right. But I think they're noticing that no one actually does that. <laughs> well, maybe it's where the Joy-Cons are priced. Also very possible. Those are ridiculous. I was right for for if you have a family of four for three sets of Joy Cons, you may as well just buy another Switch. Yeah, yeah, it they are outrageous. I kind of want to play Mario Party for the Switch, but if I ever have people over to play Mario Party, then it's just going to be bad news. I have to spend like the cost of the game and then double the cost of the game plus some to get a second set of Joy Cons. It's like no. So the other story I had that was with the Switch, which confuses me more than the size, is that Microsoft announced this past week. Also, I want to nominate honorable mention the Microsoft commercial uh, for their Xbox accessibility controller. Yeah, that thing is very cool. It's been out for like a year or something. But, like, good that they're getting it out there, like, letting people know, hey, this is the thing. I had heard about it, and I had never seen it, and I think that that's amazing. Um, the second story was also Switch-related, but also Microsoft-related. Microsoft is going to build in Xbox Live on Switch? I heard about this so, just a little while ago, actually. I don't think that's what that means. Okay. I think that they're saying that like hey our platform like our development platform will allow you to make switch games and xbox games at the same time i don't think so buddy because it has said that they have updated minecraft so you can sign into xbox live inside of minecraft on the switch huh yeah, the, I saw it announced i saw the the announcement about it tied to um achievements right so they're saying oh you went to your friend's house you played x game on their switch and you signed into your xbox live account you come home to your xbox one and your achievements are there okay so they're really just making the xbox live service available on the switch and pc and other places so that it all it's kind of extends the way that you could use it between both your xbox and your pc to now also the switch very interesting I think I did not read it that way. That's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. It makes me wonder how Microsoft views themselves in the market going forward. I don't think they're abandoning the Xbox One per, you know, or anything like that. Obviously not. They're definitely committed to the console, but it might 
show me that they fear weakness in their own platform because I know they're retargeting PC games much harder. They're trying to get games the Game Pass. Is that their system of like pay monthly yeah. and you get to access stuff? Yeah, it's like here's a monthly subscription to free games. They want that to be a PC thing as well. Um now oh hey, you can Xbox anywhere working with Nintendo to make sure that that works. Right? Because Nintendo know, could just say no. Yeah, of course. Uh but obviously they didn't right? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe Microsoft is kind of buttering the bread on both sides here a little bit uh, with this move, because I bet all of their infrastructure stuff that does that runs through Microsoft's cloud platform. And if you access this stuff, you will be purchasing Microsoft's cloud computing as well at the same time. So you are kind of like buying web infrastructure for all this, you know, cross compatibility stuff from Microsoft at the same time that you're integrating this stuff into your product that's sold, you know, Nintendo's console or PC or wherever. I don't see a huge downside for Nintendo in this. I I do wonder about them trying to they don't seem to have any incentive in staving Microsoft off of their con console. Yeah. I if anything, it makes Nintendo look bad because Microsoft offers an online service that's good and Nintendo's is terrible. It's like oh hey, well, here's this Nintendo system you can use wherever you want and all over the place, and it works, and you just transfer stuff. It's great. Oh, but Nintendo, you can't do that. Yeah, I was going to say there. It's two of the things that they sort of touted in the announcement were the friends list and the achievements, which Nintendo has never really shown a whole lot of interest in building up as features. Yeah, I mean the the friends list still requires a freaking code, man. What? Yeah, at least let me scan a QR on my app for using your social services. Or I don't even understand how that... I have the Nintendo subscription, and I still don't understand what I need the phone app for. It's baffling, the whole thing. So, it, you know, maybe it's a win-win if everyone just uses Xbox Live's stuff on Nintendo's platform. Like, maybe that's great. Maybe it just makes all the Nintendo stuff better because you're just paying microsoft thing you're just paying a flat fee for nintendo to manage the internet through their console and you move on with your life yeah that is kind of lame eh. well i mean i guess all of them do it too right sony one and microsoft both have that same thing so yeah oh well that is certainly different i would say <laughs> yeah uh michael what do you got got some good news for us yeah, so I've got I've got two. One is real brief, um, and it's actually something that I just saw today. And having having put one of these together myself, I have an extra appreciation for this. But are you guys familiar with the the sports concept of a circle of doom? I'm sure you've in, seen in one. a sport or any sport? In, in in any sport. Yeah. So it's when you you mock up, they're usually ring-shaped because they're usually not this big, but it's when you have a particular league or division where you can trace losses starting with one team all the way around through all the other teams and back to the team you started with, right? So team A has beaten team B, team B has beaten team C all the way around until team Z has beaten team A. So the things that tie the uh, World Cup in knots. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. The in a in a pool of four where each team has beaten the next team. The fun transitive properties of sports. Exactly. So someone over the weekend, um, and I I 
I like to think that they didn't do this by hand, that they wrote a, a simple script to do it for them, but they did it with every single team in division one basketball. My goodness. Isn't that a lot of teams? It is like 343 teams. Good Lord. So here, let me, let me send you guys this picture so you can see it. It is a star of doom. I can't handle this. This is too much. Yeah. And it literally traces through every team having lost at least one game. I thought that Scorigami was bad. This is just. <laughs> it, it was this all this season? This, this is all this season. season 2018, no. 2019. Yes. I thought this was going to be like some kind of all time thing. I'm like, okay, you could make that work oh all my time. Goodness. No, this is literally one season. This okay. is just this current season. This podcast was a mistake. it is it's pretty impressive Uh, yeah so i started i saw this and then i started going in my head like how would i do this in in like a simple coding script right and it's not i don't think it would be that difficult to have a computer run it for you yeah if you tried to do it by hand i feel like you'd go mad right yeah it's too big a data set i assume I mean, I guess I don't know how many games each team plays, but you have to, like, that would be a lot of iterating. You'd be really tired. I wonder how they made the graphic, though. That might have been made by hand. Oh, yeah, the graphic might have been made by hand, but once you have all the who lost to whom, the graphic is just, you know, time. Wow, I wondered where UCI would fit in here. Uh, Pacific beat UCI, who beat you... I can't even read that. You see something. Oh, it's tiny. It's small, yeah. <laughs> where on the where on the circle? Are you? Uh, straight down from of the star of. First of all, you didn't even oh, yeah, say the is. name of this thing, which is called the star of suck. Oh well, yeah, there's that too, <laughs> Andrew. This is a um, PG yeah, podcast, a family podcast all right. here. All right, I'm sorry. This this is too <laughs> much for me. I just can't. It's flowing through me. And I, have I, to. I like that this guy's like original post though lists all the scores for all these games and what days they were on and the whole thing. That's that's some real dedication right there. Yeah, some work. Some work definitely went into this. Um, but that's not actually my story. My uh, my news story is so you guys I'm, I'm sure have like everybody these days have a bunch of personal accounts. They've all got passwords. Hopefully, all different passwords. Um, but I'm sure that you have also, yeah, I know we're <laughs> yeah, all in that yeah. boat too with you, Andy. Uh, I'm sure that you have made, um, plans with your significant others to have access to your accounts, uh, in the event that something unfortunate were to happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, go, go with me here. So oh, what happens, okay. what happens if you are the founder of a crypto exchange Uh-oh. that owes $190 million to its clients and you die as the only holder of the password to the account with the bulk of the money. Yeah. Crypto. That is, that is what happened to a Canadian company. <laughs> Their founder was in, he was on vacation in India he died of uh, comp- health complications for a condition that he had, and no one has access to the bulk of the money. And they they brought in an IT guy who couldn't crack the encryption on his laptop. What? 
yeah, okay. Of like, no, that was never going to be a choice, assuming that they were a legitimate cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But, that, you know, uh, the software world moves fast. You should uh, maybe think about some of this stuff that has been solved in the world of corporations and, you know, keys of succession and stuff over big companies for a long time. Uh, and you know, your little software startup, maybe should think about this stuff sooner than later. Well, yep. yes, yes. But also in the world of putting your money with people, there's a reason you put it in things like banks before a random <laughs> guy who owns a crypto holding company and he's yeah. the only person in charge of your money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, cryptocurrency is designed to be secure. I guess this one is secure. Forever. Yeah. Single, <laughs> single point failure, anybody? Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. But also, uh, it's crypto. I can't feel that bad. I don't. I do, but I don't. I mean, people that lose their money, yeah, I feel bad. But if it was crypto, was it actually real money? Who can say? That leaves, I think, uh, you here, JJ. Yeah, it's me. Uh, so I think my piece of news here is that... Uh, you know, this is the time of the Lunar New Year. It is. Yes. Uh, and many things are doing Lunar New Year themed things. Uh, I think Overwatch is doing a thing. Yep. Uh, you should log in and win some games so you get some player icons if you want them. Yeah. Uh, check that out. I think Hearthstone is having some kind of sale that I don't care about, but someone might. Uh, and <laughs> a bunch of... We've come so far on this podcast. <laughs> I just... There's a Hearthstone. It's a game. The true statements. I know. Uh, and uh, a bunch of storefronts are doing sales for the Lunar New Year, including Steam. Uh, and the Steam storefront is doing something I don't think I've ever seen them do before, which is straight up give you $5 off any cart of $30 or more. What percentage is that? Uh, not like a huge percentage. Sixteen and change, almost seventeen. And is that accompanied with other with games being on sale for real? Or there are, they... are games that are on sale. Yes. Okay. And it uses the sale price of the games to determine if you hit the thirty dollar mark or not. That makes sense. So you can get to exactly thirty dollars and then dip back below thirty dollars with your five dollar coupon. But it's your cart. It doesn't have to be per item. Correct. You could buy two fifteen dollar games. I see. So this is uh, Steam Panic for losing more games? I mean, no one's losing anything. Oh, I just say saying with them having lost more with uh, games that are coming to their service instead of the Epic Game Store. Oh, you think this is a like a retaliation for the like, look at our user base, we can sell a lot of copies here, we'll make things cheaper for you somehow? Mm -hmm. I think the most interesting part of this is that very upfront... Valve is like, Valve is paying for this $5, not the developers. <laughs> Just like, That's appropriate for them to say, though, because often I, the sale prices yes. hit but to the developer. Yeah, well, and the sale prices do hit the developers, right? Yeah. Like, they're, they make less money when it's on sale. But the, this one in particular is like, hey, don't feel bad about using your $5 because it, it's coming out of our pocket, our giant, extremely wealthy pockets. I also don't think it's a it's a five dollars just blanket across the board. How do you mean? Oh no, there it is. Sorry, I was just looking in the wrong yeah, place. Five dollars off your yeah off your first purchase, right? And then you can you can redeem 
that so they have a token thing going on too that you can redeem for more five dollar discounts correct uh however the number of tokens you would need to do that equates to something like a hundred dollars in sales yeah so it's maybe it's, it's not going to be something you're going to do but hey if you spend a whole bunch and you want to buy a bunch of games you could in theory get another five dollars off or you could yeah. spend those tokens on like you know getting a badge and getting some cute profile stuff and emoticons or whatever do you do you chase any of that stuff or does it all go on the market for you guys well, the tokens you can't put on the market. No, so no, I the, will probably the emoticons and the player profile pictures and all that stuff. I sell um, the vast majority of it, um, unless it's selling for like two cents or whatever, and then I don't bother. Gems. Yeah, I usually usually what I do is I'll during the big sales I'll get however many cards I'm going to get, turn them into as many badges as I can, and then on the last day just sell whatever's left over. I strictly sell every single card now uh that is selling for more than two cents or whatever the minimum is yeah if you sell early enough you can you can get a pretty good return on uh on having cards yeah definitely cards throughout the sale um so that's cool i don't know um i'm excited for that it looks like there's uh, some pretty decent discounts on stuff and it's a way to get a discount on games that that are not discounted on steam including games that are not out yet so uh i know other Websites have responded with similar sales, uh, sites that sell Steam keys and other digital download stores. So, you know, check it out out there for if you're looking for some games to play. All right. So moving on, I think I'll say that I have been playing still a bunch more of that Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. And hey, that game's still pretty good. Are you in turn-based mode yet or are you still trying to complete not turn-based mode? Yeah, I'm still trying to complete not turn-based mode. Uh, I have moved into the second DLC, or well, I guess it's the third DLC. So the DLCs have been kind of clearly delineated out. from the game. They're not. No, no, they're definitely blended in there. But I oh. am in the area that was added as part of the DLC. Oh, okay. Um, I see. And this latest area is one of the high level areas, or the most high level area that I've fought so far, because I have been getting my butt whooped in a few of these fights. <laughs> so my party of two wizards is not necessarily the most hardy group of adventurers let's say <laughs> gotcha um you know i can kill stuff real good but like then they kill my wizards and then the rest of my people eventually will die without the wizard's help so that's not the best um but that's been pretty good what about you guys have you guys been playing anything I don't know that we need to talk about Smash a bunch more than we have, but I have completed World of Light. We did it. It's time. To there say. are no more. There are no more endings. Uh, there are no more endings for me to complete. You sure there isn't another map where it's like all gray and you have to fight the black ones and the white ones separately. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to go back in, reload my save for New Game Plus to get some tokens i had to go back in and load my old game to do some uh different endings that they call the non-complete endings um but i've finished all of that and i've uh some i've i've dipped out of it for trying out some phone games and things like that that didn't pan out but um this this spirit board is finally something that i'm taking a hard look at because World of Light grants you about 800 spirits by the end of it. There are 
Yeah, that's a lot, but there are 1,300 to get in the game. That's more. That's <laughs> a lot more. That's, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to do double work before, but they've had this other feature where it's like, here, go get spirits from this thing called the spirit board, which is like a bounty board where they just put a bunch of spirits on there for you to fight without the whole uh, RPG element of making you better. So you actually are, are not as strong as you were in World of Light because none of the RPG bonuses from the sphere grid that you had in that version translate outside sure. of it. You can't just get like super buffed knockback distance or whatever. Right, exactly, exactly. Is this the part where you have to like get good at playing Smash? Uh, You have to remember like I can't hold Smash indefinitely because I don't have that perk anymore. <laughs> Hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the Spirit Board has been fun. That game is cool if you like fighting games outside of it. And I wanted to say mention that I finished it because um, the, their Nintendo's big tournament is happening right now. And they also just had another big tournament that ended in some pretty cool fighting game plays of like, wow, he just had to guess that that guy was going to try and Meteor Smash him and had to land it in that exact spot space and um i think that's cool because that fighting communities uh are pretty insulated i think from the rest of gaming a little bit but looking at the smash community as i was this last week or so it seemed very diverse and and like a lot of people from different backgrounds etc i think Um, i saw a hot take on the internet that said the best tournament and best sports that was played this weekend was that smash tournament it was it was the highlights from that are pretty good. I can't remember. It's like E six or something like that. Uh, I believe it's Genesis. Genesis six, six G six. Okay. Yeah. So if you're out there, go look up. There's like a three minute highlight reel from Genesis six of the Smash stuff, and it is totally totally worth watching. And um, I probably won't need to talk about Smash after this because now it just becomes like either classic mode, which is fighting ten times with one character. Or just obtaining spirits. And unlike World of Light, doesn't feel like I need to finish it very quickly. Or need to have a high skill cap to fight these bosses, right? Because the spirits don't get any harder at this point. The bosses got harder and harder and harder through World of Light. And you had to kind of memorize patterns. And and uh, now it feels like a game you can dip into and out of whenever you want. And So that'll, that'll be probably the last time I really bring up Smash here. Cool. Cool. What about you, Michael? Been playing anything? Yeah, so I um I wrapped up the extra content of uh Monument Valley, nice. which was really good. I think I had talked about the the original levels last week on the pod and the extra so there are there's a bonus set of 8 levels that you can tack on for a dollar or so. Um and then there is one extra level that comes with the base game that is just kind of like an extended multi-piece level um and just you know just like the original the extra levels were incredibly well put together the art is is wonderful um a couple of these i think there were one or two of the extra ones that had me stumped until i sort of figured out the uh the way that everything worked together you know because you're you're sort of working in three dimensions that are constantly revolving yeah really having so puzzle out how to see it right yeah and and you know there are ways that you you can manipulate your environment so that your 
you're spinning in different directions and on to into different axes of movement and there there is there was one level in particular where i just kind of kept going around in the same circle and winding up back in the same place before i finally figured out how to move on hmm. cool i love when you get those is it one of those cases where you figure it out and you just feel like Oh, I'm a genius. (laughs) Well, and this was one of the ones where you realize, like, after I had put it together, I realized, oh, the they actually build a subtle hint into the the environment of the game to sort of, if you notice it, it nudges you in the right direction. They were telling me to do it all along. (laughs) Yes, and I just uh, I wasn't picking up on it. It's tough though because it also is, you know, the the puzzles are very Escher-esque, right? And so sometimes they trick your eyes and you just can't see it. Yeah. And that, I, you know, I didn't, I was, you know, spinning the level all around and just didn't see it the first couple of times. I need to play this game. <laughs> you really do. You really do. So I will, I will at some point definitely pick up the second one. Yeah. Um, but I did finally, and I, you, you gave me a bit of a hard time last week, Andy. I finally picked a game. I razzed you, man. Just a yeah. little. Yeah. It had been, it had been long enough in coming. So I finally <laughs> picked a game and dove into something new that I've been meaning to play for a while. Um, and I literally and figuratively dusted off my Wii U. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I dove into Skyward Sword. Whoa! No pun intended. From the past, Skyward Sword HD or a Wii version that you brought over? Uh, The Wii version. Okay, because they they did make some edits to that in the HD version. So did they make an HD version of that, or are you thinking Twilight Princess? He's thinking of Wind Waker. I think no Skyward Sword doesn't have an HD version. I don't right, only think it so. only came out on the Wii as far as I know. Well, it could work on the Wii U. Right, just like anything can if you Well, it yeah, you just, Wii mode. you play it in the backwards compatible mode. Yeah, they did come out with an HD Twilight Princess and a Wind Waker. And Wind Waker, but they never made the Skyward Sword HD. Okay. No. All right. Oh, well. It would be awkward cuz you have to have a Wii mote really, right? You well, you have to have a Wii mote anyway for the Wii U. One would hope you kept your Wii motes for the Wii U. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they're not required. You can definitely get by with just the tablet. Okay. Sorry to derail you. (laughs) No worries. Okay, Um, Skyward Sword. Yeah, so uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm, you know, only an hour or two into it. But uh, it's good. It's good. It's definitely, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've played a game with a Wiimote. And so the, the balance of trying to play a Wiimote game, especially if you're just sitting on the couch and not standing up in front of the TV, um, can be a little finicky sometimes. Yeah. it is. So I I never played Skyward Sword. Let's be clear about that. Okay. Uh, but is this the one where you have to like hold the controller sideways to block or something like that? Um, you can, yeah. So your sword motions are based on their directional, based on the direction that you slash the Wiimote. So you can, you can thrust the nunchuck forward to use your shield to block, to parry attacks. Um, and then you can, you know, the, the eight compass directions are the directions that you can swing your sword in. 
And oh, then, man. you know, different enemies, different enemies are weak to attacks in different directions. Right. Yeah. Because if you hit them on their shield side. Yeah. Right. They just, it just bounces off. Yeah. That's one of the complaints a lot of people had about that game and why it was not maybe as popular with the Zelda community as it could yep. have been. Yeah. It sounds like uh, that. If your Wii remote is finicky, maybe that might be kind of a bummer. You're like, oh, I meant to go diagonal and it went sideways. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I don't know if this is something they pushed later or if it if it was always this way. Um, it does. Every time you turn the game on, it does have you sit the Wiimote flat on a table to recalibrate. Smart move. So at least at least when you start, when you first turn it on, it's calibrated. What sent you back that far into your catalog? It's it has just been on my list. Uh, you know, I've I've always been a big fan of the Zelda games. Um, and it's one of the one of the few that I have not actually played. It's not an Ocarina or a Majora's Mask. It's not a Wind Waker. What do you, what do you feel like when you play it now that it's comparable to? Um, I mean, it does in some ways it does actually remind me a little of Ocarina. Is Skyward Sword the one that's technically the first in the timeline? I can't remember how that timeline Why would you stuff do this goes? to us on a podcast yeah, no. where we're not prepared <laughs> for any of these questions? I don't know. You could go get the uh, two-volume... Oh, the Historia. The Historia. Or yeah. Where it what falls goes out. where, and then get the third one whenever. Uh, but yes, JJ, I think it is. Is it? I think okay. Skyward Sword is supposed to be... We can't. Yeah, we have way. Up. I gotta. We have. I gotta. We have way it. more important stuff to talk about. No, like, no, no. Uh, we can't screw Kingdom it up. Kingdom Hearts Three has a lot of lore. Let's talk about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so Xehanort, right? And then, uh-huh. all right, I'm kidding. I, I know what know. you're listening to. Kingdom Hearts you... lore. Yeah. Uh, it um, seems that people think that Skyward Sword is first. Okay. In the line. My mind was mostly correct. Yeah. If you're interested in hearing about Kingdom Hearts Three lore. Uh, Square Enix put out a twenty-something minute video. Yes, actually, yeah, yeah they put out five videos that oh. actually sum up oh, the wow. yeah, sum up, all, and they're available in the game as well. Apparently, uh, watch it, and uh, they bring you up to speed in their own words about the stuff that you actually need to know. There you go. So that's interesting. That well, anyway, we don't need to talk about Kingdom Hearts here. None of us are actually <laughs> playing those games. <laughs> Although Unless I they did, come to Switch, uh, that's true. They're not on Switch true. yet. I did read it's it's only I guess m- mildly spoilery about a um very early on in the game there is sort of a trolley moment from the developers. I don't Mild know if you guys heard about warning. This. No. Yeah. Uh I I saw this article that you read I think Michael. Yeah, probably so. It's it's pretty funny so Andy the, you play through the first section of the game and then there's a there's a video and the screen fades to black and then it flashes up Kingdom Hearts 2.9. <laughs> so good. Uh, and then the game like, actually starts, and then you get later on, a bit later, you get the Kingdom Hearts 3 logo. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. There's there's Kingdom Hearts point three. It's point two. Point two. There's Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, Kingdom Hearts 1.8, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 2.5, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. I don't think all of them have point eights, but it's like something like that, yes. Yeah. And then there is a 2.8, which is a separate game from 2.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a 0.2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a lot. Sorry. Well, that lore is cool though, and those videos are good. I don't mean to sound. Uh, yeah. No. It, look, it's almost impressive as to how they can weave all that stuff together, like so densely and in an insane fashion. When clearly the first game, when it came out, had none of that stuff that it touched on, and they have then like fit all this crazy stuff into that series that started way back when. Way back when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the guy who plays Sora is Haley Joel Osment. Do you guys know that? Yes. I do know that. <laughs> well, okay then. Yep. Still, I think. Yeah, I believe he they have kept a lot of the same voice actors from those first games and like Kyrie is Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> and oh, wow. but yeah. Uh I think gosh, I was listening to they mentioned who the um that's right. The guy who voices uh you know the, the, there are final fantasy characters in those games right that's not really a spoiler i don't think the guy who voices squall leon hart in that game uh Dar- david boreanis oh is he squall or is he cloud oh he's squall david boreanis is squall. yeah he's okay yeah he's squall and the guy who plays uh who is it is it sephiroth sephiroth is uh, another big actor but i don't remember who it's lance bass from nsync oh okay <laughs> Not an actor. I remember the David Boreanaz one because I used it as a selling point to get uh, my not-then-wife to play this game with me. <laughs> so good. It's like, Angel's anyway. in it! And they like have maintained those people through a lot of the games. Good for uh, them. Some of, the aren't in, like, some of the characters aren't in it anymore, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I just... I stand in awe of that franchise. I don't know that I will ever get the time or the to replay those games. If they brought it all to the Switch in a playable fashion, I would do it. Just because I liked the first game so much, but I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to get a PS4 to play it. Unless I, I there is a PS4. one package you can buy that has like all of the one point whatever stuff and the two point whatever stuff together mm-hmm. on the PS4 mm-hmm. and then Kingdom Hearts 3 yep. on top of that. So if people want that, it's out there. There's uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 wasn't the only two big drops this last week either. Um, if we just got a few minutes, I uh, just didn't know if you guys heard about Wargroove. Yes, yes, I have seen that. That looks like, you know, Andrew, I heard you've been playing some tactics games recently. Uh, yeah, this is like Uber tactics. This is back to Advance Wars style. It looks, yeah, it looks a lot like Advance Wars. But maybe um, not as... I'm I'm curious to look into this. It seems extremely popular and that it took off instantly. The reason I noticed it was because it released three days ago and there was a report this morning, Monday, so a weekend later, that uh, they have paid the development of the game entirely in the first three days. Dang. Um, yeah. yeah. And for me, if there's a version of Advance Wars that's not as grindy and boring as old Advance Wars is... um. That would be way up my alley, I think, personally. The stuff that I saw about it was that people had recreated a bunch of the original Advance Wars and the old Fire Emblem maps in this game using the <laughs> map editor. And they're like oh, wow. uploading the, like, here's Fire Emblem 3, map 1, and map 2. And they're like slowly recreating the the uh, old Fire Emblem campaigns in this game. Nice. Because it's essentially direct analogy, analogous units. And similarly, people doing those with some of the Advance Wars campaigns. Wow. Um, and I think we have to also talk about Apex Legends. I don't know what that is. 
Nobody knows who that is? No. no. Okay. Breaking news. We record this on a Monday. This came out this morning. Respawn, who makes the Titanfall games and used to make Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I bumped my microphone there. So, Respawn, who made Call of Duty and Titanfall, Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. They said this morning they just got on the internet and they're like, hey, um, you guys thought we were developing Titanfall 3. Actually, it's this game. Here's the trailer and some gameplay. It's called Apex Legends and it's Titanfall but Battle Royale. And it's free and it's here and you can play it today. Okay. Okay, then. Yep. Um, Unlike other Battle Royales, you operate in three-player squads every game. It's kind of like the hero shooter because uh, there's classes. Okay, in it. I think that sort of follows with how Titanfall worked, right? Right, exactly. Right. One of the classes, you guys should look at the Apex. They they all have abilities, right? Like there's the bounty hunter and he can track other players. And there's guys that have tons of health because they're the armored guy. And one of them is called the Pathfinder. And look at that and tell me here, I'll... I'm going to find a picture Pathfinder Apex Legends because I know both of you have seen this movie. No? Is that oh. Not? Chappie? Is that Chappie. what you're... Chappie. There you yeah. go. It does look like... It is okay. exactly Chappie. <laughs> it does look like Chappie. Yeah. yeah. Um, But you can see some of the video of the game on this link as well. And uh, mm. it looks like a game. I don't... I don't know. It's been out less than a day. But uh, Seagull from Overwatch... Uh, was playing it because it's got that hero-based thing going on. A lot of the Call of Duty and Fortnite players were over there as well, day one. I mean, for the, for the cost of no dollars, why not, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They. it's, you know, everybody's got abilities. I think they have two or three abilities, but just like every other Battle Royale, you jump in from the sky and have to find weapons and ammo and all those other things. So, But uh, the gun battles don't seem to last very long. There's no building... Or anything like that. Um, it seems just like it's big news because nobody understood what Respawn was doing. And then they were just like, here's this free game that looks to be very complicated and <laughs> out of nowhere. But, well, that is a certainly <laughs> unexpected way to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Michael, if people want to contact us, where could they do that? Uh, they can email us at podcast at we were gamers, which we will certainly respond to. So if you have questions or comments, uh, feel free to shoot them over to we'll, um They can also find us on the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we were gamers at all of those. Um, they can check us out. Uh, some of the older videos on our brand new youtube channel yeah Yeah, get on there like subscribe did i cover everything i covered everything you didn't answer if you like that chappy movie though yeah that's pretty good